welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. you're going to be in some pretty dark places in your life but even in the midst of those moments in that time you still got to be able to say that he is able right hey man and I, I challenge you tonight to uh, buy into that understand it realize the importance of it because when it's all said and done you can lose everything this world has you can lose all of your earthly possessions. You can lose a lot of stuff. You can even lose your family. Look at Job. But when it's all said and done, he's still able. Amen. We have to trust to have faith in that because in the world that we live in today, amen, if you want any kind of peace whatsoever, you're only going to find it in him. Amen. You won't find it in this world. You won't find it in the things of the world. Only in him. Praise God. The presence of the Lord is in this place tonight. And if you need something from the Lord, you can receive it. I believe that. Amen. Whatever it might be. We're going to direct your attention to several passages of scriptures tonight. I apologize for it. I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I do feel like the underlying message that I want to preach is uh, one that in this day and time we need to be very conscientious about or conscious of. And realize that uh, our life and how we pursue that in the things of God is of utmost importance. Amen. We must grab a hold of it and realize that it really is life. I'm going to start in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke tonight. And this is a passage of scripture that is our teachers, I, 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 they teach our Sunday school kids. I know I can remember as a kid growing up where... We uh, would learn about this on the old flannel board. I remember it was the old flannel board. And then sometimes teachers would come up with their own stuff before the flannel board. And they would uh, cut out pictures in these little books and stuff. And one of the stories about Zacchaeus, you know, we had the little song sitting in the tree, you know. He wanted to see Jesus. And uh, he was short. And, uh, you know, when you're short and you're in a crowd of people, it's kind of hard to see. It's like me going shopping with my wife and I get, I get caught up in something else and all I look back and see is coat racks or clothes racks. And she's somewhere down below my eye level and, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness gracious, now i got to go find her. This was Zacchaeus. I don't want to. We've been standing a lot tonight, so just let me go to verse 10, and uh, let's read what verse 10 says to us tonight. Amen. 
It just simply says, for the Son of Man has come. Everybody say, to seek, to save that which was lost. In other words, his mission or his purpose is to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. So this is our starting point tonight. And uh, I've been kind of thinking all afternoon uh, how we're going to present this. But I believe it's, it's the Word of God, so we just receive it and just let the Lord speak to us. Amen. And help us tonight in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness that you've so graciously shown to us. We are nothing. You are everything. We are small and you're great. Amen. Our lives truly are in your hand. And Lord, we must make the proper decision, the right decision tonight to allow you to do what only you can do, and that is change a life. And so I pray, God, tonight for the next few moments, Lord, that your spirit would continue to be in this place. Lord, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts open to receive. Amen. And let these lips of clay be anointed to speak your word. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let everybody say amen. One more time, would you just clap your hands on the Lord? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. If you understand the context of the scripture here, Zacchaeus was uh, confession. Uh, reveals a penitent heart, a one of repentance, and he desires to make things right. Uh, when you see that little word if in there, it's not, it's not there to suggest that there's doubt that Zacchaeus did anything wrong. It was pretty understandable that Zacchaeus did do wrong. It was just what was the extent of it. Amen. And so uh, you can look back in Leviticus. We won't take you there, but uh, go back and look at chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and you will read the stipulations that, that illegal, illegally gained money had to be returned plus a fifth. And when it came to uh, uh, the cattle and, and, and the concern of livestock, amen, it was legislated that it had to be returned fourfold. So there was laws in place. There was... Uh, things that you had to observe and you had to follow if you had done something wrong. Well, here Zacchaeus was not the best-liked man. Uh, you've heard the story before. Uh, he was a publican. He was a tax collector. Uh, they didn't like tax collectors. Uh, I won't get into that in modern terms, but, but uh, we don't like tax collectors that much either. The person we like, right? We just don't like that, that stuff of taking our money. You're getting quiet here tonight. I'm not going to dig a hole and bury myself. Amen. By the way, thank you all that's joined us on, on live. We appreciate you being part of this. Amen. And being part of our service tonight. And, but, but yet at the same time, we understand that, that Zacchaeus came to a place that when Jesus came by, you see, it wasn't just anybody, it was Jesus. And he wanted to hear what he had to say, and he couldn't see it, and the crowd was there. And so he climbed up in his tree, and as Jesus worked his way there, Jesus finally got to him and said, Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house today. I'm going to do some fellowship at your house today. Now understand the thought process here because in that day and time the Pharisees would never associate and dare have dinner with Zacchaeus because that would mean, uh, amen, by their custom that you would uh, have, have some, some acceptance of them. 
And so when Jesus went to his house, that's what got some people riled up because it was saying, you know, I accept Zacchaeus. What they didn't realize was simply that it wasn't about who Zacchaeus was right now. It's what was Zacchaeus going to be after Jesus got through in his house talking to him, amen, and bringing the word to him. Look, folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. Anytime Jesus shows up, anytime the word goes forth, it can bless our lives. It can change our lives. It can redirect us and help us. If you believe that tonight, clap your hands. Hallelujah. But my point tonight is every individual born into this world inherits the fallen nature of Adam. This is called... If I, if it's called the doctrinal of total depravity. And this doctrine is not understood by man. It just simply means that people are depraved in that they can do nothing which is acceptable to God. This condition describes by the words that we are dead in trespasses and sins. And it's the spirit of the soul of a man that is separated from God and they are helpless to return to God on their own. And so the Bible is very emphatic when stating the truth that the unsaved left to their own volition will not turn to God. When you look at this world today, I've got a simple solution. I've got a simple answer. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take Einstein people. Amen. The really smart people. It just takes people that are willing to open their heart to God and allow God to do what only God can do in their life. He is the peace which passeth all understanding. There's nobody like him. There's not a world leader on the scene that can bring the peace and the comfort to a human heart like God can. You see, because of sin, men are, if I might say it this way, they are death bound. There is no hope. There is no way of escaping it. Amen. Here again, I must state tonight that you and I, as a human being, we are not responsible for what Adam done. But because of what Adam done, amen, we inherit that sin. Hear me tonight. The Bible gives just one reason for being in this condition. It is because of that sin of Adam. And it must be understood that the judgment of death which fell on Adam and his posterity or his descendants is not just a physical death alone. It includes both a spiritual death and a second death. Amen. Understand tonight when you realize, amen, that, that there's something worse than just dying. There's something worse than just losing your life as far as this world is concerned. Because if all it was was to go and go to a grave and be buried there for all of eternity, nothing was going to change, then why would anybody worry about their soul? 
But you see, folks, it's not just being buried and dying uh, as far as we know it is. Uh, but it is that eternal death. Uh, it's that death that we will all partake of. Uh, amen. One day in eternity, uh, if we don't make things right and change our destination. Come on, take, turn to your neighbor and say, it's the truth whether you believe it or not. Amen. We live in a world where they want to accept everything and they, want, they, they just believe God's going to forgive everything. Amen. But I've got news for them. God never has, nor will he ever do it. There's enough scripture in the Old Testament to let you know that God is a God of judgment. Amen. I thank God we're living now and now where we have this period of time that we can repent of our sins and make things right with God. But there's going to come a time again when that's going to be closed off. And once again, people are going to have to face the wrath and the judgment of God. You do not want to be there. I definitely don't want to be there. I don't want that judgment that's going to rest upon all men. Amen. Why? Because God has made it a decree. Amen. Which reaches to all men. Amen. Of this, of this age and this time. And this directive declares that all unsaved people are under sin. Listen to me tonight. Don't ignore the word of God. Receive the word of God. Amen. Because you and I, we're blessed to be able to be in this house tonight. We're blessed to be able to have the Bible, the word of God, that we can open and read it. Amen. And we don't want to read it and then blindly just scoop over it. But no, we want to receive it and accept it and let that word of God begin to work its work in our lives. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. This unsaved world has no chance of being saved until they come to God. Amen. We're bound by the sin. Amen. We're, we're, we, and we need to be delivered from it. Amen. When you look at humanity, amen, humanity is depraved. They're lost because of sin. Amen. The sins that they have committed. And scriptures declare that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None, it says, are righteous. Amen. The first sin of Adam was an indifference to the demands of God. In other words, God spoke a word and said, this you can do and this you can't do but somehow he let his heart be deceived amen and he went into that situation and he just did what God said not to do and because of it it cost him the paradise that God had made there's a vast difference between God's conception of sin and man's God can forgive God can justify God can change you I can't do that for you. I might help you as far as this life is concerned, but I can't save you. I can't forgive you of your sins. I can forgive and say, you know, I'm, you know, when you say I'm sorry, I can say, well, I forgive you. Amen. But sometimes we want to say, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it. But I'm glad tonight that God can forgive me. And not only can he forgive me, amen, he can wash away those sins. He can wash away those sins. Amen. He can set me on the right track. Amen. That's what this is all about today. Don't buy into the world's philosophy of fun and what you can do in the world. 
but buy into the word of God that says, you know what, you can, you can walk away from that and God can give you peace and, and you can look for eternal life. Uh, amen. Listen, when men are lost because they are, they, they, it's not, it's not, they can't get out of it uh, because it's like you remember when you were a kid and your dad would get a hold of you and just hold you no matter how, how hard you squirmed, uh, no matter how hard uh, you fought that. Uh, amen. You know, you, you just could not get freed from that until finally, you know, you just resigned yourself to the fact that you were stuck and you couldn't get out. You only got out because your dad let you out. Let me tell you something right now. You will never get out of the clutches and the bonds of sin, the chains of sin. You will never be able to do that. The only one that can do that is God himself. He's the only one that can set you free. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. You're, you're lost because of the powerful grasp of Satan that he's got a hold of you. And not only is salvation such a, a supernatural thing, amen, that no, none of us can comprehend or we could ever hope to accomplish it for ourselves. We can't do it. But all that enters in, amen, in, in, in this contract, if I could say with God, amen, that are lost in their lost condition, he is the only redeem, remedy for your soul. It's God alone. It's not man it's not government it's not people they don't have the answer for it here's the thing here's the thing we have to make a decision whether we're going to live right or wrong I say this a lot when Joshua stood up before the people and said choose you to say who you're going to serve and he said as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord but it's a choice. He said, choose you this day. It's a choice. What you do, you choose to do it. So if you do wrong, you chose to do wrong. If you tell a lie, you chose to do that. Amen. If, if you said something you shouldn't say, you chose to do that. Somebody said, well, I slipped. Well, if you slip, that means it's a little bit too familiar with you. Come on. Somebody say Hallelujah. You may not like it, but come on, let's just dig in for a little bit tonight. Understand, amen, we got to do it. It's because we're bound by sin. And the only way I can get free from that is I got to enter in, amen, and let God come into my life and change. He is the only remedy. Amen. The only way I can be set free uh, is through salvation. The only way I can be set free is through the death, burial, and the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. I've got to repent of my sins. Uh, I've got to be buried in his name. Uh, I've got to be filled with his spirit. That's what's going to break those chains that have you bound. Amen. When you choose to do wrong, it's because you choose it, not because you just it happened. In Matthew 19, 22, Jesus is talking to the, uh, the rich young ruler. And uh, he's uh, talking about some of the things uh, that you have to do. And he goes through and he says, all of these have I done uh, in my life. I've kept it all. And, uh, but in verse 22, it says, when the young man heard, verse 21, he said, Jesus said, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But the young man said, you know, the young man, when he heard these words, he said he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Great possessions. Amen. This, this man was a free agent. He could make the choice. He chose not to follow Christ. 
You can choose whether you're going to choose good or you're going to choose the bad, right or wrong. Amen. But this young man chose to walk away. No doubt he was a nice young guy. Amen. You can, you can read uh, in, in, in the same chapter, verse 18 uh, and 20. You can read 18, 19, 20. And you can read how he was following the law. He was doing everything he should do. Uh, he made an effort uh, to accept the Lord because he came to him. But the price in his mind was too great. Let me ask you something tonight. Is the price for you too great? Are you going to go just so far, but anything further than that is too much. It's too much expected of you. Uh, are you willing to say, sell out to this thing uh, and simply say, God, uh, whatever you will in my life, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, amen. God, whatever you want, uh, that's what I'm, not gonna, what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not going to sit around and make limits of where I'm going to grow in you. Uh, I'm going to say, the sky is the limit. Uh, whatever you desire in my life. Oh, clap your hands and praise him tonight. A lot of people say the price is too great for living for God. They expect too much out of us. Amen. They want this. They want that. They want something else. Live this way. Don't live that way. Dress this way. Don't dress that way. Whatever. And people say the price is too high. Amen. I'm going to tell you something right now. The price can never be too high when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you put that price at a level and that's where you're going to stop, you're going to find out that that's where you're going to fail. It's got to be continuous movement. Uh, we got to keep on climbing. Uh, we got to keep on pursuing it. Uh, we got to keep on looking after it. Uh, we got to keep on saying, God, uh, help me. Uh, I'm stuck here, but Lord, I'm depending on your help. So he turned away from Christ, thus choosing the riches and the wealth and the sin. You know, Sad thing about this is we never see any record of this guy ever again coming to the Lord. I don't know about you, uh, amen, but there are some people that, that they'll come and they'll taste it and they'll say, I like it. Uh, but then when they start going over it and start looking at it, they start thinking, you know, that's just too much for me. Because you see, I happen to believe tonight that people in this world, they, there's a lot of people that really love the Lord. They just don't want to pay the price. This young man, I believe, loved the things of God, but he just didn't want to pay that heavy a price. Now, you go back and study that out, you'll realize that it's not teaching a doctrine that, that you should sell everything you got and all that. It's a test that Jesus was putting that young man through. How much do you want this? How far will you go? Amen. How much of your life will you give up to follow after me? Amen. Sell it all and follow after me. Take up your cross. Too heavy a price. Too big. You go into Acts, the 24th chapter. I like this story. Amen. The 24th chapter of the book of Acts, verse 25. Notice what it says here. This is Paul. That's before Felix, the governor, the pure, the pure creator, or the, pure, what, what, the, the governor of that day and time. Uh, you have Felix, and then you have Festus and came after him, but here in the 24th chapter, verse 25, and the Bible says, you know, Paul was before Felix, and Paul laid it all out, and Paul explained what was going on, and 
He told him about his salvation. Let me say, let me say this today. Brother Howard touched on it a little bit today. It's your testimony that can make the difference in somebody else's life. As a little kid's song says, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. So no matter what the world does, no matter what it says, you got to be determined that your testimony is worth everything to you. So Paul essentially testified here in verse 24. The Bible says certain days after when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of high of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for you. But drop down two verses. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room or into his, his house. And Felix, willing to show the Jews favor or pleasure, left Paul bound. When you study this out, Brother Tyler, you'll find out that Felix actually was, was looking most likely for a bribe. He was most likely looking, uh, amen, for, and, and one, one person said uh, simply the fact that, that the word was out that the other churches had sent money. And then Felix uh, maybe thought that he would come before him uh, and maybe possibly say, hey, look, uh, amen, you know, basically, if we could look at it in our modern terminology, postmon. But that didn't happen. So two years later, Felix left him uh, in the prison. And when Festus come along, and when you read verse 22, uh, but after two years, here comes Festus. And Felix had left him bound. Everybody say two years. But wait a minute. He said, go thy way for a time. When I have a convenient season, I will call thee. There's all kinds of ways you can preach this. I have a convenient season. We preach it as though we're just kind of putting things off to another time, another time, another place. Not right now. This is not favorable to me. I've got too much going on in my life. But I'm here to tell you here and online right now that there's no better time than giving your heart to God than right now. There's not a greater time than right now to change the course of your life and realize that you only what you do for Christ is going to last. You might think, well, it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's, you know, it's just right now, it's just I don't have room for it in my life. Well, folks, let me stop and tell you right now. You you may not have room, but but really honestly, uh, listen to this preacher tonight. You need to make room. You need to take time to know God. bad choices Paul brought the gospel to Felix Felix was moved by the power of the gospel amen and he's got to now make a choice for or against he chooses to accept a more convenient time and, and, and understand this, amen, never put off what you could do to what you, not, never put off tomorrow what you could do today when it comes to your salvation Amen. You, you might say, well, more convenient time. But, but you know what? I know a lot of people that years ago, they, they knew they should live for God. They knew they should walk with God. 
I'm going back even when I was a, a young person and further, when we were in the old church, people that knew they needed, and they would come to church and they would try, and they would slip away, and they would try, and they would slip away, and then they'd do better, and they'd slip away. But then all these years later, where are they at today? It was too high a price. Don't ever allow the cost of this thing become the driving force whether or not you're going to live for God or walk away. You've got to make up your mind. You've got to make up your mind. You know, when you look at Jesus in Matthew 27 chapter, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the scripture, but look at verse 16 to 22. It was customary for the governor to release one prisoner uh, of the Jews' choice each feast day. And... Uh, they had their minds made up uh, to do evil. Uh, they, they, they did not like Jesus. They did not like what he stood for. Amen. And, and so when the uh, Pontius Pilate, he comes up and he says, all right, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, you know, Barabbas or Jesus or Christ. And uh, Barabbas was a character. Barabbas was a robber. Barabbas was a, a murderer. He was insurrectionist, if I can say it that way. He was somebody that was not just a, the kind of character that needs to be running around on the streets. And so, and so uh, uh, when he, he just knew, if you, if you read about it, he just knew that if he put this to them, to the people, that Barabbas or Jesus, they would excitedly have said, oh, well, just give us Jesus. Barabbas is a bad guy, so just give us Jesus. But they didn't like him so much. He had enraged them so much that they say, give us this murderer, this robber. Give us this guy. We don't want Jesus to be free. They had their minds made up. They had people encouraging them. Read about it. And they chose crucifixion for Christ. They chose anything but Christ. And that's what a lot of people do today. They'll choose anything but Christ. What stands between you and Christ today? What stands between us? What stands between us? And when Pilate gets up before them, after they made that decision, he stands, he goes over and he washes his hands and he says, I'm washing my hands of the innocent blood of this man. And the people replied, they replied, let his blood be on us and our children. My God, they didn't know what they were saying. That's how angry they were. Why in the world would you say something like that? Amen. But listen to me tonight. Amen. The Lord still loved them so much. Amen. That he was willing even after his death and after his burial and after the resurrection, he set up the church. Amen. He was willing to let them have another chance. Amen. He was willing for them to receive the gospel. Come on. And somebody said, praise the Lord. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. That's what he wanted. Amen. For the people's lives to be changed. It was going to be different. you got to make the right choices. you got to make the right choices. Agrippa almost was persuaded in Acts 28. He almost moved me by the gospel. He almost, I almost made that decision. I almost made the right choice. But I stopped just short. Almost will not prevail, folks. You know, we used to have, we used to have the little saying as kids growing up when somebody said, but I almost made that. And we'd say, I almost oh, oh, only counts in, the, in horseshoes and hand grenades. Does anybody remember saying that? When you just get, that only counts in horseshoes. And, I don't know where that came from, you know. 
uh, almost, I guess you could say almost. There's a lot of things you could say almost about. But almost thou persuaded me. Look, folks, let me tell you, let me tell you something right now. I don't ever want to get to that place to where when it comes, when it's all said and done, and I'm looking at, at my eternity, uh, and, and, and I can say, I could say to the Lord, well, Lord, I almost, uh, I did this or I did that or I did something else. Uh, and he's just going to look at me and say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. I don't know you. You, you, you said almost, almost, uh, almost don't cut it, right? Almost doesn't get you there. You know, I almost got to the gas station, but I still ran out of gas. Amen. I almost got to the tire pump, but my tire went flat. I almost got there. I almost, you can say that all you want to, uh, but you didn't get there. You didn't achieve it. You didn't gain it. Uh, amen. I'm here to tell you right now, you won't be able to say, you might say, I almost made it to heaven, uh, but you ended up in hell. Pastor, why would you say something like that for? Because you only have heaven. Amen. As we say, I got heaven to gain and hell to shun. Amen. It's real places. And some people don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that there's a lake of fire. They don't want to believe that there's judgments coming down on this earth. They don't want to believe all that. They just kind of feel like as humanity, we can fix it all and sing kumbaya and everything's going to be okay. But I got news for them. Amen. I know what the word of God says. I have read the end of the book. Amen. And I realize that there is going to be judgment and so right now I have to make the right choices look when you put Christ last you've messed up you know the church and the world too often put him last you say the church yes the church you know a lot of times we have a lot of stuff that, that, that we put ahead of him. Right? Don't get quiet on me. I've been in this quite a, quite a long. Some of y'all have been in it longer than me, but we all kind of know, hey, man, I don't have a lot of gray hair, but I got a few gray hair, and the reason why I don't have more is because a lot of them fallen out. But in all seriousness, I've been around long enough to see people that succeeded and people that have not succeeded. And when you zero on the ones that have succeeded, it's because they were determined. No matter what valley they were walking through, amen, no matter, no matter what was going on in their life, they were determined that they were going to stick this out and they were going to pray and they were going to touch the throne of God and they were going to let God lead their life. That's, that, that's, that, that's where it's at. It all, it, all, it all is because of a decision that, that, that somebody made. And all these years later, we still got some that, that are still here in the church today and we've got some that's went on to be with the Lord. Amen. But they stuck with it. But then I know a lot that are still haven't got it, haven't made it back. Amen. Almost, almost, as they would say, but they never got there. Is that important, Pastor? Oh, yes. Christ said to a man, follow me. What did he say to Peter? Then follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He said to another one, take up your cross and follow me. You know the, you know the story. You know the story when he talks to the different men you know, and, and the man had no special objections. He said, oh, yeah, but let me go bury my, my dad or whatever. And, and it seemed to be willing, but he wanted to bury his father. Another said, you know what, Lord, I'll follow you. He was anxious about it. Amen. His statement was volunteered. Amen. His folks came, but his folks came before Christ. And he would have, he would have followed Christ if he could have let his people come first. Right? You know, yeah, Lord, I'll follow you, but you know, hey. And sometimes we'll say, you know what? 
They would have really came to church if their husband or if their wife came with them. Look, folks, you got to make this. I don't care if they come with you or not. You have to make that choice whether you are going to do it or not. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I never will forget old Granny Schwartz uh, in the old church and this one too. Uh, she'd get up to testify and she would start doing her little jig. Uh, and she would just, uh, just be talking to the Lord. And she would end up saying everything. I want my family to be saved. But if nobody else is saved. Uh, and she'd start that little jig. She said, I want to make it. And she'd cry. You got to say, Lord, if nobody else makes it in my family, I'm going to make it. Because I've decided. I've decided. Everybody say, I've decided. I've decided, I've decided, I've decided I'm going to follow him. I've decided I'm going to make it. If nobody else makes it in my family, uh, don't make your decision to come to church uh, because somebody else in your family doesn't come. You need to step out. You need to take the step of faith. Uh, you need to walk in the light of God. And you need to make that decision in your own life to say, I have chose this. I have chose it. I have chose it. Hey, Amen. I'll follow you, Lord. But first let me do this or first let me do that. No, folks, we gotta make we gotta we gotta let let him be first in our lives. We gotta make that a priority. Amen. Church members often put him last. I will do this for my people and then for the church. I will pray from I will pay for my car, then I'll pay my tithes. Amen. I'll 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 leave that one alone. After I get out of debt, I will help some then. Amen. When I get more time, I will pay more. I will, I'm, I'll say I've paid more. I've got that stuff on my mind. I will pray more if I have more time. Amen. I'd like to attend church, but I have so many things to do that it just seems like I never have time. Oh, man, you need to flip that right there. Amen. And so many times we put Christ last. We put him, let me encourage you tonight. I don't, I don't want to be thumping you. I'm trying to encourage you. Uh, amen. Make the Lord, make him first in your life. 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 Uh, amen. Everything else will, will fall in his place. Uh, but make him first. Prioritize. Amen. A lot of times the world puts Christ last. The church should never put him last. Young people, listen to me right now. You say, I'm young. I've got plenty of time. Maybe we can sit down sometime and I'll tell you about the young people that have thought they had a lot of time. And they're six feet under right now. Their time ran out. Amen. You say, I'd like to enjoy. You know, I, I had one guy, I had one guy actually say, you know, well, I think, uh, I think, I think it's the Lord's will that I go out and, and kind of experience the world a little bit. Well, guess what, folks? They're still experiencing the world. 20 years ago, whatever it was, they're still experiencing the world. Why? 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 Wasn't the Lord's will for him to go out and, ex and, 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 and experience the world? The Lord's not, that's not the way the Lord is. It's not his will. If you, if you open your ears, you'd understand that, that, that he was trying to say, no, don't do that. You need, to, you need to experience my love and experience my protection and experience my, my anointing and experience my power. Amen. Well, well you know, uh, Pastor, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm young. I, I, need to make, I, need to, I need to make some more money before I, before I start. Yeah. If you've got a mechanics degree, I think I can get you an application right now. I got an email where City Milltown's hiring a mechanic down there. 
Good benefits, good pay. If you can turn a wrench, you know what you're done. But you, never, you should never make money more important in your life than the things of God. Well, we're getting quiet here tonight. Amen. Maybe I'm the only one get, get, get away preaching this. I don't know. Amen. But I, this, has been, this has been sticking on me right here. Amen. When I'm reading these scriptures, I, I can, I've got I've to make that right choice. Amen. Some young people, Lord, you, you, you just are afraid of your friends. What are they going to say to me when I'm going to church, when I'm, I'm Miss Polly Pentecost, or, or I'm, I'm this young man that's going to church, and where are you going? I'm going to church. Well, you guys go to church all the time. You you go to church more. You you go to church more. Well, you don't have to go to church that much. You don't have to go that much. Come on, man. Let's see you. We go. We'll go out and do this now, young people. I'm gonna tell you right now. There's there's times in your life you're gonna make the right decision, and the right decision I'm gonna be in the house of God. Because if I'm in the house of God, I I know I'm safe in the house of God. But I'm afraid what my friends are gonna say. But let me tell you something. Luke 9, 62. Those who have put Christ last, it never works out well for them. Amen. First of all, Jesus said, and it was also said in the Old Testament, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. If you put your hand to that plow and you turn back, you're not fit. Amen. How, how would you like to meet God in judgment after you have put him last? Let me say it again. I don't think it's going to work out well for us. Right? Amen. Why? Because the Bible tells us, go back to Exodus 20 and verse 5 and, and, and read down through there. God tells us that he's a jealous God. He said, don't have any other gods before me. Amen. Don't, 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 go, don't go after all the other. See, that was, the, that was Israel's problem. Amen. Is the, is the fact that, first of all, they got to a place we can, we can go the whole, the whole wilderness route, but, but just go to when they decided that they wanted to be, they wanted to have a king. Why? Why do you want a king for? Amen. I, I'm God. I'm, I'm your God. No, we're not like anybody else. Oh, but we want to be like everybody else. So we want a king like everybody else. Look where that got them. God is a jealous God. He's got to be first. You see, that's what it, you know, folks, let me stop and tell you this right now. If, if you're married, if you're married or you're, you're dating somebody or whatever, and you would tell your wife one day, you say, you know, I love you, but I love them too. Now, I've heard this. I've heard this sitting in my office. I've heard it with my own ears. I, I, I would be hard. If I had somebody tell me that they love me, but they love somebody else as well, I'd be like, see ya. Adeo amigo. Goodbye. American pie. You see what I'm saying? That, 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 does it register with you? Does that register with you? Would you say, Brother Greg, would you say to your wife, hey, babe, I love you, but I love this other person too. I got a funny feeling she'd be beating you all the way out the door. <laughs> Which is probably what would happen with, with all the wives. That just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense, but yet, but yet we'll do that to God. We'll say, well, you know what, Lord, I really, I love you, but I love the world too. 
I love the world too. I love you, God. I love the things of God, but I love the world, and I love the things of the world too. Amen. And God says, no, 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 no. I am a jealous God. I, you cannot have any other gods before me. You can't treat me this way. It won't work out for us well. When we move in this realm and we say, but I, I love you, God, we'll cry, we'll weep, uh, we'll beat the altar, whatever, we'll, we'll go to and we'll pray. But yet we go right back out into the world and we're like just taking it and letting God know we love the world too. You can't do that and have the blessings of God. Put the one first that you love. That way your, 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 your love is measured. How much do I love God? I can. With everything. Not, not just a part, as that song says. He wants all of my heart. All he wants is all of me. All he wants is me. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here in a second. you look why people refuse the Lord Jeremiah 5 amen if you got verse 3 up there do you have verse 3 for me amen oh Lord are not mine eyes upon the truth thou hast stricken them but they have not grieved thou hast consumed them but they have not but they have refused to receive correction they have made their faces harder than a rock they have refused. Everybody say they have refused to return. So who have refused to return? Those who have said as much with unusual honesty and presumption. They have made public declarations that they will never quit their sinful ways. Those who have made promise to repent but have not performed it. Those who have offered other things instead of practical return to God. They give ceremonies and religiousness and morality and all of that like. But they never really know God. They might know of Him, but they don't know Him. Those who have only returned in appearance or, or formalist or just professors or, or basically hypocrites because their life doesn't back it up. Amen. And, 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 and what, what, what happens when we refuse to do that? It unveils some stuff in us. Amen. It unveils our intense love of sin and not the things of God. Amen. I, I, I want to love. I, I, I want. I, I want uh, the love uh, to the great to the great Father who bids them to return. But no, no, no. We despise God. We reject God's counsel. We reject His command. Amen. And we reject Him. Amen. Why? Why? Why is the world doing that today? When all they got to do is realize coming to God is going to make the biggest difference in their life. walk away. Why? Just because we got this love of the world. We resolve to continue to do the things of the world even though we have an ultimatum. Even though they had an ultimatum they refused to follow the Lord. Amen. You see, living for God is the best thing going. Amen. I'm going to leave the rest of that. Living for God is the best thing going. Give your heart to God's the best thing going. Coming in here and worshiping God and let the power of God begin to be manifest in the house and fall in the house and we feel the presence and the power and the spirit of God. That's the best thing going. There's nothing like it in the world. 
The world will lift you up only to, only to see you fall and crash and burn. The devil doesn't care if you're successful. He just cares that you're lost. In fact, he doesn't care if we come to church. He just don't want us to commit ourselves to the things of God. Just kind of chill. Do your little deal. Hallelujah every now and then. But just don't get serious. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, just kind of, woo, hallelujah, glory to God. But Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You say, why are you preaching this tonight? Because you know what? We got a God that's coming for his church. And I'm here to tell you right now that we need to focus, razor, laser, just pow, in on it. Because I don't want to be caught. You don't want to be caught unaware, right? I've decided. What is the real reason? Maybe it's self-conceit. Maybe we dream that we're already on the right road. Maybe it's, it's sheer recklessness. Just refusing to consider our own best interest. Maybe we resolve to be a trifler or, 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 or we see all the other stuff going on and, and we don't really buy into this death and hell. Maybe our toys, our sports and all this other kind of stuff is more important to us than the things of God. Maybe it's a dislike of holiness. Maybe, 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 maybe that's what lies in the bottom of men, women. Cannot endure humility, self-denial, obedience to God. See, it's a preference for the present above the eternal future. It's choosing other things except the cross. Because the cross can be painful. The cross can be humiliating. The cross is going to take dedication. It's going to take dedication. Oh, let's stand. I'm done. I'm quitting. But you got to say, I've, I'm, I'm decided. This is it. I'm going to follow him. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get caught up in what's going on around me right now. I'm going, I'm going to follow God. I've decided. Everybody say, I've decided. I've decided to follow him. I've decided to live for him. I've decided that the word has challenged me tonight. That I must be saved. I must. I must. I have said before, I can preach a lot of things. But one of the things I want to be known for is to preach where people change. Preach where people change. Where the Word of God changes them. The Word of God just does something in us. Praise God. I wonder tonight right now as we open this altar whether you'll come to the altar or whether you'll kneel where you're at. Right now tonight doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that for the next few moments that we just kind of talk to the Lord and say you know what Lord? Hey man I really do want to serve you. I really do want to walk after you. I want to be a testimony to those around me. Lord I want that fellowship with you. Hey man 
I, I, I want that I want that tenderness with you. I want that I want to feel your presence and your power and your spirit in my life. I want to I want to seek after you. I want to reach for you. Uh, amen. I want to I, I, I want you to be there, Lord God. Uh, when I call on your name, I I, I don't want to just be a, uh, somebody that's fair weathered friend that just comes around every now and then. But God, I want to do uh, Amen. What you really want me to do? Can we just raise our voices and our hands uh, all over this place tonight? Come on, raise your hands. Raise your voices. We're going to sing. Uh, amen. Let's just let's just talk to the Lord for a little bit tonight. Talk to the Lord for a little bit tonight. Help us tonight, Lord. Help us tonight, Lord. Thank you. 